This is 2000 Saskatchewan Bantam A Provincial Champion with the Saskatoon Knights, Ryan Keller, on the Monday Nooner. Go get your t-shirts at Glitch on 33rd Saskatoon. Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to Twirl 127 of the Monday Nooner podcast. Our pod, as always... Brought to you by the King of Trucks, the original King of Trucks in Rosetown, worth the drive every time, guaranteed. Out to Rosetown for your next vehicle purchase, whether it's the GM side with Mainline GM or the Chrysler side, uh, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, they've got it all, and they've got uh, lots of inventory on the lot. So shout out to our title sponsor here on the show. Fellas, we're back. Senior hockey season is underway. Some games on the weekend, and uh, yeah, fellas are ready to get at her people will be hearing from us a little more than than they have been over the next little while that's that's exactly right what what is the game plan when when do we fire up our first senior top 10 show do we kind of let things settle for maybe a week (laughs) i i think we wait one more week like i don't think we'll have one later this week i think we wait till the following week just because i think four of 13 leagues have fired so there's still nine leagues that haven't played a game. So if uh, we were to do a top 10, Barry, you would have bigger in the top four. And we've learned from previous uh, top tens that that might not be the best spot. So we'll just hold off, I think. And I I still, I, I have to like you more than the 15, 16s do now. They're, uh, they're kind of, you kind of really piss them off. You know, well, Woda, we'll get into that just briefly, like, we didn't get anything back from them. Hey, like they haven't tweeted for a couple of years, but you think yeah. there'd be some sort of reply, some sort of rebuttal engagement from the Wawota Flyers official social media channels? Crickets. Nothing. 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 Not a thing. There there was a lot of backlash from people to to DM about that. And, and you made the video that was kind of cool and all that. So last week, more backlash on the misstep of the Wawota 15-16s or Colin Thatcher being uh, invited to the throne speech? <laughs> it was a toss-up last week. Apparently. Both both extremely Allegedly. tough looks, both extremely uh, things that you hate to see, but... Uh, uh, that sounds like a, that sounds like a, either a tirade or a take and, a seat. And did you see the costume he was wearing? <laughs> the Yellowstone get-up. Yellowstone Uh-oh. guy. Yeah. Oh, I had to throw that out. Um, yeah, let's get in. Uh, let's get into the come up for uh, what we what we got going on today and this program with the interview. We are going to talk on. Yeah, the come up is for general wealth servicing in the day group of companies always hiring down in southeast Saskatchewan. You want a good paying job? Look no further than general wealth servicing as you get into the fall and winter months here. Like we've always talked about, uh, really good pay. Get uh, get your boots dirty and uh, yeah, get a career going with those guys. DM us if you want any help on that. Coming up in the program, some senior talk in the back half as some of the leagues have started. Brandon's doing a good job of updating everyone on what's going on with senior hockey. And our interview is a guy that plays senior and has jumped ship this year, playing kind of uh, with his heart. And it and is in Wilkie. Yeah, I think he's keeping his heart close to his uh, vest with his uh, <laughs> decision to play for the Wilkie Outlaws. So. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to go uh, through the career of Ryan Keller. And if you don't know who he is, uh, he scored a shit ton of goals in the WHL pro career. Then uh, his 
Europe career where he was a line mate of 16 or 17 year old Austin Matthews. If you remember that story, when he went over to Europe and didn't want to play junior before his draft. And yeah, Ryan tells some good stories on that. And just a great guy, salt of the earth guy. When you talk to anybody and you say, Hey, what, Ryan Keller, they say salt of the earth guy. And if you don't know, now, you know, it was a good song. It was a good song. Yeah. So that was the come up um, and all the, yeah, all the shout outs and things that go along with that coming up and for general well servicing. Hey, let's go into our recap of last episode. And I just want to touch on our senior hockey season preview preview show. I think we should give kudos to everybody who helped us contribute to that show to talk about the 13 leagues and there are roughly 105 teams. I want to give a shout out to wicked deadly guy for hopping on some of belts, div three insiders, and just anybody who reached out to us with a little bit of info that uh, we could use for that program. I know we made a few mistakes, got a few in the DMS mistakes happen, <laughs> especially when you're talking volumes of 105 with the team. So uh, yeah, appreciate everybody who gave us info, everybody for listening. That was uh, a fun one as always. The last show recap. So it's kind of like two last shows because we had the senior yeah. uh, show and then we had the J on rights. So this is always for Arctic Spa dealers in Regina and Saskatoon, Sunset Bay in Regina, go see Tori and the crew or uh, Holinati and the guys up in Saskatoon and girls. Um, you know what? I'm thinking you, you buy a tub in the next few months here because they have stock. They're being aggressive on the yep. prices. Tubs starting at like nine, made in Canada tubs too. So, you know, they're going to be good in the winter. The Arctic Spas, you buy a tub and you, uh, you say from the Nooner, we're going to throw you one of those new Nooner Team Canada hats yep. while supplies last. Those are coming out in the next couple of weeks. Unbelievable. So Arctic Spa, Saskatoon and Regina, lots of stock. You can go and visit them. Brandon, you want to buy a tub? I wouldn't mind a tub. It's just about tub season. I think tub season is like fall into winter. I think oh, that's prime now. tub and season. This is prime. it, folks. Prime. Yeah. You're, you're in it. It is it, it's exactly what it is. And if you can put a TV outside so you can watch football, you can watch hockey, you don't want to leave Arctic That's Spa. Afternoon go, delight. Go and get, you know what? I was wanted to go back on the Jay on right show. Cause we had a lot of people listening to that. A lot of people like that. That was forever ago. Yeah. Uh, Seems long. Yeah. He was, he was a great guest. We only had him for about 40 minutes. His uh, I, I listened back to it. The, when I asked him favorite, I asked him favorite hockey hair of all time or, and he was <laughs> LA. It's a good answer. <laughs> really Classic. good. And uh, I was surprised he's not a beach volleyball at resort guy because a big volleyball guy like that, you know, when you go to those resorts and then guys are hacking away on the <laughs> on the sand and he was like, no, not my thing. And then he was like, Saskatoon's always a good time. He's such a big Saskatoon supporter in the bars and all that. And I'm like, well, Jay, there you've obviously never been to bridges or tailgaters because it can get a little raunchy <laughs> in those places. But hopefully we get him back at some point. Yeah, he's got lots of lots of other stories that I've read in. Uh, he's got a couple books actually, but could definitely get him on again for another thirty minute drive to work. But yeah, appreciate that with the last show recap. I wanted to. You got anything else on last show? I have a guy that messaged and saying whenever we do that month of shitting your pants stories, he wants he's to got, come on because he has one. Sean Kinda. No, no, it's actually uh, uh, Chad Cavers. Royal oh, Regina yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, he, he shit his pants on the golf course last year. So he wants to come on and tell the story. <laughs> Chad Cavers. That guy looks like he has a good time. <laughs> 
all the time. Yeah. Hey, before we get uh, too far, I wanted to mention your uh, Saskatoon shirts there. I saw they sold out of the, uh, must be a lot more Barons supporters than Knights because the Barons sold out right away. If I would have bet on it, I would have went the other way. And I told Mike, who uh, owns Glitch Gifts. Have you ever gone in that store in Saskatoon? If you ever get a chance and you need like a Christmas present. Never heard of it, to be honest. I hadn't either. Like a hard to find, you know, like, so I got to get a Christmas present. or You got to get a $30 gift for, you know, those stupid freaking. Yeah. He's got the funniest shit. Like he has like the old grandma bowls, you know, like we go to your grandma's yeah, yeah. and eat cereal out of. And in the bottom, it's like. It'll be like fuck you, blah, blah, blah. like it, it's the craziest shit. Of it's all like time. a glorified San Francisco. Yeah, and uh, so he was selling them, and I thought the night shirts would have sold before the Barons, but Zone K is the front runner, and we might have to do some Raiders shirts, boys. Yeah, I'm not Red familiar Warnets. enough with. Uh, I'm not familiar enough with the Saskatoon zones. So yeah, you I'm got not like, the Red Wings, right? That was Army. Army was a Red Wing. Well, they're still they're still West Eastsider. Yeah, they're still Red Wings. They're still Bobcats, still Flyers. But the Barons and Knights kind of got dissolved into another zone. And then the Raiders and other Renegades. But the Raiders had the maroon and yellow. So we got like Sopel, Warner, Jason Becker really wants it, right? Yeah. So Ryan Sadaway, he was messaging. So we might have to we might have to go and get the hook the North Enders up. But more of a West Side podcast. We, we cater to more of that audience, let's be honest. Darts before the game guy. <laughs> anyway that's uh slash show recap should we get into shout outs so that next up belts for synergy ever, ag yeah we can do that synergy ag hamner the fellas and the ladies over there what do you guys got what do you got canada post oh. how Did difficult is to get canada some post? no just kidding holy shit hockey can't no just kidding um what do I got here for shoutouts? I got young Cohen Morrow. He had that video with Daniel Walpole. I think we mentioned it in the senior show. Got to give uh, Cohen. He's got the Monday Nooner sticker on his bucket. We got a lot of bucket stickers, by the way. You guys can start giving. We got a out. lot of drive-through pull stickers. <laughs> I've yeah. noticed anytime I'm in the North End, if I go for a coffee, there's a Nooner sticker on a pole at your local drive-through. Hey, the, the fellas are always out there wrapping it. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Etonia. They logoed up their this Ram truck. Did you see it for the senior team? It's a Ram. It's like Huskies are back or something. It's all logo. The pack is back. That's what it says. The pack, pack is, is back. good on Etonia. I love what they're doing in Etonia this year. So they who did they they played somebody in an XE exhibition? Yeah. Craig. Was it Craig? No. No, it was uh Rosetown. Was it Rosetown. The they beat Rosetown. There was a they fight. There was yes, a fist fight. There was a Tilly. There was a fist Shouty fight Scotty. in the preseason. I got to give a shout out. Sorry, another one here. Because if you guys are looking up yours to just all the uh, really sneaky 50-50 announcers. I was, at a, I was at a hockey game. Was it a hockey game or a football game? And uh, it got loud. And then they would, they would read off the 50-50 number when it was loud. And it was really quiet. And I don't think anyone claimed it. It was a classic move. And I'm like, ah, the old sneaky 50-50 announcer. <laughs> the old bait and switch. Yeah. M- music's cranked. Crowd's Turn going nuts. 50-50 number. Yeah. Seven, eight. Like at a like a junior game or like a kid's game? Must be like a kid's game. Just pocket it. Because I know like Pat's games or anything, you have to like, you have oh, yeah, 90 days legit. to claim. Yeah. yeah Go online. Yeah. Tough yeah, to do a sneaky. Ticket. 
out yeah. of an ice out of the old old Lucerne ice cream pail. I don't even know if they announce the number at those games anymore. They just come up on the screen. They probably do. <laughs> Underneath the loud music. Hey Shank, big and and boss to give big shout out to all the people purchasing the um booze raffle tickets this time of year. I know I don't know if Mrs. B dropped yours off to Mrs. S today, but like it is buzzing and we uh you gotta appreciate everybody that's chucking their 10 and 20 bucks in to uh to pay for those for the kids. I know the kids appreciate a little tweet today. I'm Can gonna give a hat away. I didn't see mine? yours. No. Well sell mine. Go oh, sellers. Hey, we're buzzing. We got um we're down. We got third, I think 40 sold now. 40 tickets sold out of the uh I don't even know how many we got. How many, how got many do I have to sell? Six, I think I think you got 80. Oh, we're God. 40 down. So we got 160 total. We're down 40. We'll keep buzzing. We'll get it, we'll get rid of them. But anyway, live shows. Live shows. Big shout out to everybody purchasing those. Hey, you guys got anything else? I do. I got another one too. Whenever okay, you go, you, you go. I got one. Okay. I'll go last. This is kind of off the off the uh, whack. It probably doesn't mean a whole ton to a lot of people, but with uh, Sam's buddy Ben there that got hit, uh, he's recovered. He's buzzing. He's going to actually be playing flag winter football this year. Just has to be quarterback. So uh, yeah, unreal. But Chase Young, we we actually got Mike Thomas from uh, the flag football league to reach out to him. And he actually sent Ben a bunch of signed stuff. He's Ben's favorite player. So big shout out to everybody involved in that again. And and Mike and Chase Young for doing all that for this, uh, for this young guy. Pretty cool. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I got kind of a, uh, a sad shout out, I guess you could say a guy. I know when I, I lived in Lloyd Minster, worked at the radio station there about 10 years ago, there was a guy that worked at the Meridian newspaper, Colin Budd from Looseland, Saskatchewan. He would be in his 40s. He passed away last week. Suddenly, he had, uh, yeah, just a tragic event, I guess, went into cardiac arrest and uh, didn't make it. But he was a sports reporter there in Lloydminster at the Meridian newspaper. Colin was a big sports guy. I saw on Twitter, uh, Pete Labardius, Darren Drager were kind of sharing out the GoFundMe and stuff. His wife, he's got a young kid, and his wife is pregnant right now. So, Just a super, super unfortunate, terrible situation. Terrible. And just want to, I know he's a big, I, I hadn't talked to him in quite a few years, but friends with him on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that and saw that news and it was just heartbreaking. So yeah, I want to wish uh, condolences to anybody that was close with him and his his family. It's really tough. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, yeah terrible. it's a tough one. Shout outs. That's probably a good way to end it. I yeah. Think. Uh, well, I, I got a load of take a seats for, for later in the shun, like an absolute Buzzing. load. But while we continue here, I know we mentioned them off the top, our title sponsor, Mainline GM, Mainline Chrysler in Rosetown, Saskatchewan. The Red Wings are back buzzing at uh, Banner Barn 2 there in Rosetown. So you can go. We don't know what's going on in October yet, but we know winter tires. They're doing winter tire deals right now. So if you're in that area. Go look them up. And they have a lot of iron both sides. So if it's time to uh, maybe look at an all-wheel drive or a 4 by 4 or the new trucks, anything you want to order to, the guys and girls at Mainline, the king of trucks in Rosetown, Saskatchewan, will take care of you. And we always thank them for sponsoring the pod. And while we're pumping the tires of sponsors, GB Construction. Like, yeah. We got, a, we got a lot of stuff coming. And I know probably an eye roll on your end, but GB sponsors our gear. Thank them so much, except for the senior uh, player of the week shirts. Those are a last mountain distillery thing. Love them. They're coming in next yep. week. With the hats that are coming, 
those Team Canada ones, GB Construction, we got new toques coming or wool beanies for you Americans. We got lanyards and we got license plate covers. And I'm really trying to convince the guys to get these flip flops. Monday nooner flip flops for the we shower. Are, we I are this. More flag. I need a flag for the lake. Mine's in half. We are the San Francisco of merch departments. <laughs> Podcast. We're gonna, we should get one of those poster things when you used to walk into San Francisco and you'd whip through the posters. Ooh, new kids on the block. Those are the balls on there. 2002 Men's Olympic team. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, GB Construction, Al Batters, and everyone down there, thanks so much for always supporting and sponsoring all the merch here for the Monday Nooner. Barney, you mentioned Last Mountain with the shirts too. They've been great supporter of everything that we do. Every time you ask them for anything with us because of the support we've given them and, and how much we like you know, even drinking their whiskey, uh, they're always on board. So just a great company too. I just wanted to mention that. Just about cherry whiskey season. Ooh, it is. It, it, it's kind of the same as hot tub season. Cherry whiskey in the hot tub that time of the year. I know, I know you- last year I did the, the chocolate milk one. Not bad. What is so hazel? Don't they make that hazelnut? creamer oh that is they, so good they just tease that they have the yes. toffee phase that's what it was it tastes like toffee phase. so good and if anybody wants to know what i get like after half a bottle of uh cherry whiskey listen to the first seven episodes of this podcast <laughs> when we hear cherry whiskey and root beer schnapps from last mountain mixed together <laughs> back when we had 28 listeners in the <laughs> bowels of the brand center <laughs> um no, but that is a good point. And the other thing that they do around Christmas, oh, and Braden from Last Mountain is going to text me and get mad at me. But there's like a apple pie moonshine. Oh, yeah. And then you you mix it with, a, I don't want to say eggnog or something a little bit. It's a freaking great Christmas. You can't have a lot of them. A little sip. Yeah. You could switch have a lot back of and that. forth. Yeah. But that good, good heads up on that liqueur that's coming out. That so hazelnut. Good. Tastes like freaking toffee fake so in, in a liquid form. Yeah. Let's do, uh, yeah, let's get into the interview. Let's bring them on. For Revive Men's Health Clinic in Saskatoon and we'll Regina, snip. look it up. Revive Men's Health. If you got problems with the old unit and you're taking the pills, like we talked about, these guys have the uh, non technology. Oh, yeah, they, they have it. But they, and they do the non intrusive. They should do go out the, there. I can go up there and get a double whammy done. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my eyes done and I'm gonna get my eyes done in January. I go up there and get a snip and my eyes, get everything frozen all in one day and get it all done. Maybe, like they do that. Could you do it in the same? Uh, I don't know. I wonder. Sitting, you get your eyeballs done and your nuts done all at the put, same time. Put it on. Put it on only only fans. Just at only least YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Try to get a. Man- Man gets his eyes done, vasectomy, and he gets his rod stiffened. In these, same day. Uh, and you know what it is? It's non-evasive. Evasive. Intrusive. Non-ev- same intrusive. thing. Hey, speaking of, uh, <laughs> speaking of OnlyFans, this guy could have one, and I'm sure he'd get a few uh, subscribers. Our interview. Yes. Saskatoon Knights alum. Yeah. Saskatoon Contacts, Saskatoon Blades. You know what? We didn't talk, touch upon. He kind of talks about that U18 Canada team that he played on. There were some absolute weapons on that team when you pull that up. But you pull up his hockey DB, you'll see it. Uh, just an absolute gem salt of the earth guy like we talked about joining us from saskatoon saskatchewan in his monday nooner zone a knights t-shirt here is ryan keller we have a, a saskatoon legend with us and i know you can't see us right now but he's sporting his saskatoon zone a night shirt ryan keller thanks so much uh, for hopping on the monday nooner 
no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. I got a point to uh, make a point of it too. I know I saw something today about the runner-ups, but uh, our provincial champs runner-ups. But in Bantam 2000, we were the champs. So, <laughs> oh really? Maybe, maybe we should start. Maybe we should start there. That's kind of a big deal, winning Bantam provincials. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, you know what? For whatever reason, uh, our zone in that age group, and even the Barons, really, that we were kind of the two top teams, and. I mean, obviously had the, the smallest zones and, uh, and actually in Peewee, we lost in the finals. I think it was to Warman and then in Bantam, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think we got out of the city then we had to beat Nakem. And then I think it went right into, we played Swift Current in the final and beat them in the two game total point. Who are some of the other guys that, uh, you played with on that team that were weapons or with the Knights growing up? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny how it works. Like no guys that really went on to play, Man, I don't think anyone else played Junior A. We had some guys like Brett Barron, Brooks Asham, uh, just good, you know, minor occupants, Colton Zeruviak, Mike McCaffrey. Like, it's the names go on and on, but we just had kind of – and good coaching, too. I don't know, Brian Barron, he was uh, – you know, played for the the Blades and had a, played a lot of senior in Outlook, too. He was our coach, and so it was uh, – yeah, a lot of good memories. But the outlook thing comes full circle for you then later in your career. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to that a little bit later. So it was a two point total, uh, total point against Swift Current when you beat them. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I know we, we lost the first game by oh man, one or two. And then uh, we played in Latrace in the finals in, uh, in the last game. And I think we beat them by, I want to say it was like seven, two, maybe. Wow. Right. Yeah. Right. So um like Brandon kind of asked, but when you go back to minor hockey and, and growing up in, in Saskatoon or, you know, even an area and tournaments, who are some guys you played against that you remember that were really good? Oh, geez. Well, like I said, the Barons is a zone. It was kind of the same as the Knights. Like really didn't have anybody that went on to, to play major junior or stuff like that, but we're, I don't know, tough West siders. It always made you earn everything. And, you know, they're always hard games and, uh, and fun games, but then, uh, for guys that went on and played like Byron bits, um, stands out, uh, Riley Armstrong with, uh, Red Wings, De Silva. Um, I'm probably, I'm sure I'm probably missing a few, but those are the names that kind of popped in my head right away. Did, did you go, did you go in the Bantam draft, Ryan? I didn't. So it was, uh, you know, again, like kind of weird timing of that. I, I didn't get drafted in the Bantam draft. And then as we were going on that provincial run, um, that's when I uh, was listed with Regina, actually. from, I mean, whether it's true or not, what I was told is I was listed with Regina and Saskatoon on the same day. And uh, Regina was lower in the standings at that point. So then they, they got my rights. And then how did it how did it work that you end up with Saskatoon again? What was the trade or how did you end up there? Uh, X will be the year they, uh, they hosted. So I went... I, can't, I played that year in Bantam. We won provincials. And the next year, um, went to Regina's camp. I guess that had been as a 16-year-old um, and had a really good camp and was, you know, asked to stay at the start of the year. I don't know if I might have lasted a week. I might have, who knows, lasted a month. But um, my parents thought it was better for me. I was quite small, obviously, even more so then, and thought it was good for me to come back and play a year of midget. So I went and played a year with the contacts and, and then was traded that year. So do you think you mentioned you were small? Was your size maybe a reason that you think you didn't get a look in the Bantam draft? Because I think you had some good numbers from what I can see online. Yeah, I mean, likely. I mean, I, I wish I would be growing up the way the kids are now and the way they get the games refed and played, right? It's, uh, I, I remember in junior, let's, yeah, you, there were some scary guys out there and you had to be, you know, head on a swivel the whole time. Actually, funny story, my first, uh, 
first exhibition game was in Regina and I remember being on the, or sorry, in Brandon, we, we bust there that day. And um, I want to say Travis Churchman was his name, I think. And there was one other bigger guy that we were on the fourth line together and they were going to kind of look after me. And I remember them on the bus ride there. Yeah. Just go do your thing. Like we'll take care of you. And okay, this, this should be okay. And we get out there. One of the first couple shifts and Tutu buries him from behind and he's laying there on the ice and I'm the closest guy. So, Oh my God. <laughs> is grab on and hope he doesn't get angry. So it was, everything ended okay. But uh, that was kind of my intro into, well, intro into the junior or Western league, I guess. I, I Let's back up here for, for the triple A midget. Cause you only play there the one year, but man, you had a heck of a year. And, and that was, you know, obviously a, a jump up and a step up. That must've been a, a year that you really grew as a hockey player. Yeah, I think so. And I think it was one of those things too, where you, at the, the way Regina's camp went and having success there and scoring goals and, and having them show interest, I think gave me a lot of confidence. And then, uh, you know, coming back to midget, uh, you're feeling good about yourselves. You get off to a hot start and it just kind of rolled. And we had a really good team too. I think uh, if I remember correctly, I think we won the regular season league uh, and then we got beat up by Beardies in the, in the provincial final. But um, so yeah, back then the contacts were good too, which helped, but uh, I think confidence was a big thing. So the making, making the blades the next year. So you make it as a 17 year old, the yeah. blades. And from what I remember, cause that's can kind of, I, I started, I started covering you guys. You were, you were pretty small, fragile. Um, but did you go into that? Like with a lot of confidence or, you know, I think Dickie was coaching if I remember correctly, or like, did you know yeah. you were going to make that team? Um, I didn't know I was going to make it. No, that's for sure. Um, I think it was a good situation and good timing at, uh, Whereas they'd struggled for a few years. I think they'd maybe made the playoffs a bit, but never done much. And they had some guys leave. Bembridge actually didn't come back as a 20-year-old. So it opened up some spots maybe for, for somebody like me to go into an offensive role right away. Um, so that was good. Um, definitely, obviously, was undersized. Um, probably played, uh, unfortunately, played bigger than I was and kind of was a bit of a shit disturber and penalty minutes were high and maybe got myself into a few things that caused some injuries. But uh but yeah, one of those uh, situations where, like I said, Bembridge didn't come back. I got to play with Peters and Kelly on the first line right off the hop. And I mean, that was a big uh, factor in it as well. And that was kind of, was that, was that the year that you guys only won, was it like seven games? <laughs> We're going there already, eh? <laughs> I was well, the second year. That was a couple of years later, actually, because our first year, we, uh, we were the fourth seed going into uh going into the playoffs um I had a bunch of shoulder injuries that year and I only played I think 50 or 40 games but anyways we played Brandon in the first round who was the number one seed and uh it was a heck of a series we lost uh the final game uh Adrian Foster we traded him that year he scored kind of a tough goal from the corner it squeaked in and they beat us 2-1 in game seven uh like you kind of mentioned 2-2 and those years, like that guy was running around because you you played against him for quite a few years there. Like there must have been some games, like it must have been so I don't know what scary is the right word, but you had to keep your head on a swivel because that guy just like hunted guys out. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen anybody else like it in, in that form. Like it was I remember clear as day, like we'd go on a power play breakout and Mike Green would be back circling to get the puck and wind it up, and he'd be circling his own net to wind it up to try and kill somebody. Like he, he almost, he missed Greener by uh, inches and he went head first into the boards. I don't know. I didn't think he's going to get back up and he hops up and starts chasing somebody else. And yeah, there was a, definitely an element that you don't see anymore. That's for sure. 
were there, were there any other guys that you remember kind of going back to those, those dub days that, you know, maybe the, maybe it was the guys on your team. Cause I remember Adam Huxley, like that guy was, he was willing to go with anybody, but you know, when you look back in those dub years, do you remember anyone else just, you, you really had to, to watch out for? Uh, geez, not, not in that sense because Tutu could play too, right? Like he was, he was somebody that he was, he was out there a lot because he could play in any situation. There was, there was other guys like I look at medicine hat and there's Bugard and Shufflemeyer who are both like six, 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 eight, whatever they were. And, Ponte and Brandon, uh, PA had McNeil, but it was a little different, I guess, because they, they weren't quite the players that Tutu was. So I don't know. Luckily I did, wasn't on the ice a lot with them. Hometown kid playing in Saskatoon because PD was there as well. Yeah. But you know, and, and, uh, and the West side kid, there has to be a skipping uh, curfew story somewhere. Oh, geez, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the one that or two of them jump out at me, I guess, but the, the one who was early in my career, we hadn't even played a game yet. I don't think. And, uh new to the team and like you say local guy just hoping to make the team and always excited about that and I remember there was uh well Regina guy Kane Ledwar uh PD uh Justin Kelly and Ryan Stemple so all older guys and they're uh they're text I don't even know if they'd have been texting me because I back then but it maybe it was calling but they're trying to get me over to the to one guy's house just to have some beers and, and hang out after curfew and I was nervous as hell thinking they were trying to test me maybe and catch me out after curfew and Finally, I was like, oh, okay, I think they're legit. And uh, yeah, then I went over and we, we had a pretty good time. And even again, it was one of those things too, though, like it, you know, gets you comfortable with the guys right away. And then you, you kind of hit the road running and you got confidence right away and you feel, you feel good to kind of be yourself. So yeah, it's, it was funny how I guess that worked and, and not knowing if they were trying to catch me or if they were just wanting me to actually come out and have a good time. It's funny that uh, 2003, 2004 team that won seven games, <clears throat> When I look at that roster, like to me, just looking at the names, there's as many good players that went on to play pro as any of the other years with Mike Green and, and uh, Setaguchi, Wasey Rabbit. Like you had some good players. Was that team just what made that team that bad that you only won seven games? Oh, man. Even like as you look at back at it now and you're older and after coaching all those things, I think you, you get a greater understanding of just how dysfunctional it was. <laughs> um, like when it's happening it's like the bullets are flying and you're just like trying to it got to a point where you weren't even trying to win games you're just like trying to keep them competitive like it was, it was that bad. um I think there was a lot of things too that happened behind the scenes that like us as players weren't aware of um I don't know what the relationship was between if it was you know ownership and coaching or management and coaching but I think there was some uh some dysfunction there. Um, so we didn't really start off the year that bad. Like I, you know, we, I, we were under 500, but it wasn't terrible. And they got, they got rid of Kevin Dickey right away. And we could just come off, I think winning 40 games the year before. Um, so they, yeah, they moved on coaches really early. Uh, they brought in a coach that, I don't know, I, you know, I don't think he had a lot of coaching experience. Um, I don't know what the situation is and how he ended up there. And then it was, yeah, there's not a lot of structure moving forward. I remember we'd, we'd play some teams and they'd beat us and we'd tr start trying to do their four check the next week. And then we'd lose <laughs> another team and we'd be doing their this. And like, you, you didn't know what you were doing. And I mean, it's funny because you say you look at the next year again, like there wasn't a lot of roster changes. And then Lauren Mullican comes in and we, we battle for the division title again. So, it's you know, it's funny how coaching uh, can play a big part. Now talk about uh, your first NHL camp. Like you got to go to some NHL camps, correct? You're undrafted, but you were invited to some camps. 
Uh, not as not as my junior career was going. And when I finished junior, uh, it was kind of weird too. I uh, I don't know. I, I agreed to go over and play in Norway right out of junior. Thought it was a good idea. Went over there. Um, it wasn't like uh, now having spent some time in Europe. It wasn't the most professional team, and it wasn't real well run. And then and then also for me at 21, I, had, I mean, I lived at home in junior, and all of a sudden you're going to Europe. I wasn't ready for that, so came back and then I spent two years uh, going to camp with Detroit. Yeah. What about, uh, talk about going to camp with Detroit. Obviously they were a bit of a wagon probably then uh, some pretty big names. Any, any cool memories about camp there? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, just the biggest thing that stands out, I think is how down to earth all the superstars were. Um, obviously you get put in the, you do the rookie tournament and then you get the big guys come in and you get put, I think it was three separate teams. And I ended up on the team with Iserman and Chelios and, Wow. After, there were obviously some other guys too, but I remember Eisman stall right beside me uh, um, and just like went out of his way to kind of make you feel at home and make you feel comfortable. And I remember talking to him on the bench. There's a few funny stories. Uh, the one assistant coach was that Paul McLean, I think it is a big bushy. Mustache. <laughs> uh, he was, yeah. He was yelling at guys during the game to work, work, work. And Eisman kind of like leaned over to me and goes, who the fuck's he kidding? He was the laziest guy when I played with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just being able to talk to him on the bench like i remember at the one point it was he was asking how things were and i was saying i'm like oh it's just so fast i'm just trying to you know keep up and he goes no it's not faster he's like you just got to think faster and when you really dis- dissect it it's like i mean eisman couldn't skate at that point his knees are all banged up and so the game really wasn't the players weren't you know crazy fast but the way things moved and the way the puck moved was the biggest thing so you go and, and you kind of do Grand Rapids and then they, they put you down in the in Muskegon in the in the USHL that first year pro. What uh, what was that like that year? Um, well, I think timing is a big thing in hockey. And and those are that's one of the situations where it was it was really fortunate for me. Um, I like you say, signed a two way contract with Grand Rapids and they were partnered with Muskegon that was in the United League, which is. 40 minutes away really so I could come up and down and practice kind of every week almost um but the biggest thing I think was down in the United League which at that time that league was comparable to the East Coast but was generally a little older um so the coach there was Todd Nelson he's you know from Prince Albert his brother is Jeff Nelson so there's kind of that Saskatchewan connection right away um they kind of took me under their wing um and then we had a few other guys that played some NHL hockey and um and again like I say timing. I went in, I played on the first line right away with uh, Jeff Nelson uh, and Robin Bouchard, who I think actually might hold the record for most professional goals ever. Like I think he Gretzky obviously has the most NHL, but I think this guy has the most professional ever. So, uh, you know, just a a real good experience and uh, to be surrounded with good people. It was, uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was great. I'm really fortunate. So your second year pro you, you do Grand Rapids and Syracuse AHL. And then uh, like, was there ever a, a chance of getting called up anywhere or, or where did you, where did you land that year before making the, the call to go over to, to Finland? Well, I played both of those years on AHL contracts. So I, it's kind of the same way. Now, if you're not on an NHL contract, you're kind of behind the eight ball. Um, the way that that year worked, uh, we actually Edmonton for whatever reason, they didn't have an American league team at that point so they had some players that went to Grand Rapids I think some they had about three different teams that they split with and we had two or three guys on Grand Rapids so uh they're all on NHL contracts so when NHL or when the Oilers scouts came they had to play so 
I, I, he kind of got pushed aside. I remember the one game specifically we were in, uh, in Manitoba and we the morning skate, I'm practicing on the first line and practicing on the first power play. We come off the ice. They had a phone call that Edmonton's coming in to watch. So so-and-so has to play and now you're not dressing tonight. And so it was, it was one of those where I kind of knew like, I can't keep doing this on an AHL contract. I have to try and go somewhere where I'm going to get a chance. And, and then, yeah, I got lucky again, got traded to Syracuse, went there. They were a, ba a bad team out of the playoffs, got to play big minutes, um, had some success. One of the, I think he was the director of European scouting for Columbus was down watching. He was the GM for a Finnish team and asked me if I'd come over and play with them. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of what led to that. It, I, I remember us talking at some point and wasn't the, the Finnish owner like crazy wealthy. Yeah. I mean, I think, if he doesn't all still have it, he, he did recently he had the record for the most expensive speeding ticket in the, uh, in the world. <laughs> really? Yeah. The way they do it over there, it's all based on your income. Right. So I, I don't know if it's what the percentage is, but if you, you get pulled over and you make say a hundred K and you the percentage is six, well, you're fine. 6,000. So he, it was like 120,000 euros or something like that, that his speeding ticket was. Hey, it was over in, uh, over in, you were in Finland. You, you played in the Spangler cup. I think yeah. it was your first year there. What was that experience like? Awesome. Um, kind of a whirlwind. We, we found out a couple of weeks before that we were going to be going. Um, and then I, I'm trying to think the timing of it all. We flew out, I think Christmas Eve, uh, we had to go from Helsinki to London and then we're supposed to go London to Zurich. Uh, and me and my wife, we got to London and of course, like fog, like crazy and it's Christmas Eve, it's busy. And so there was no flights out of there for about a day and a half. So we spent Christmas day, uh, in the airport hotel in London. Uh, then we flew out the 26th morning to Zurich, bu uh, bus the two and a half hours to Davos and then, and then played right away the first game. But, um, just a cool experience that I'd represented my country once before, but, uh, we didn't do very well as the under 18s. Uh, I think we ended up finishing fifth or sixth or something like that. So, uh, yeah, we did the Spangler Cup, had a good team. Uh, Curtis Joseph was oh, here. He went back and played in Calgary. So he came over and played. Uh, um, again, there was Doug Gilmore, assistant coach. Travis Green was on the team. Mark Giordano. Um, then we, we ended up beating Russia 2-1 in the final. And I, was, I scored the winning goal. So it was I always bug people or tell people it was one of the nicer goals of my career. But if, if you ever look it up, it's by far the ugliest you can imagine. <laughs> what was the party like that night? <clears throat> a lot of fun. Yeah. It, I mean, with the time change, there's a lot of phone calls back home and stuff, but uh, the final games on new year's. So uh, it's kind of your new year's Eve party and everything. And uh, yeah, it was a rough flight home the next day. Like playing in the world juniors as, as a kid, obviously that's, you know, the boxing day and, and the, the holidays and not, but that Spengler Cup is also right. Like you watch that as a kid in that crazy cathedral rink in in Davos, and the party around it. Like, how do you paint the picture to explain to people how cool that tournament is? Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's such the history in the rink. Like you say, it's this big wooden kind of almost church like looking rink, and out the way up in the mountains there, like it seems to be always sunny, and it's like that picturesque mountain village. And then there's a outdoor rinks everywhere, and people everywhere partying. There's there's pretty much no vehicles, and it's you get and people from all over like there's people that will come there have no real ties to any of the countries and look they just come to watch every year and um so just yeah so it was such a great experience and i think it's special too for the canadian guys because i mean you're gone all year you're over in europe and you know you're kind of i don't know disconnected from a lot of people back home and that's the one chance for them to kind of watch you again and uh and stay in touch with that 
So you, uh, you have two really good years in Finland, right? And then you, you know, 44 points, 55 points. You guys don't play a lot of games. How many, how many times were you tasered? <laughs> yeah. Oh, two years, one taser. That's it. Uh, again, funny story, kind of going back to the rich owner. He, the first, I think it was the first year he told us that if, uh, at the start of the year, he said, if you guys are in the top two at Christmas time, then, cause there was four national team breaks for anyone that's familiar with Europe, like where you basically have a week with no games. So they said in the February break, we'll, we'll send you guys anywhere on a direct flight that you want to go. If you're in the top two at Christmas. So sure enough, we're in the top two at Christmas and, the Finnish guys all get together and they decide we're going to go to Berlin. So we go to Berlin uh, in February and they basically drop us off Friday and they at the hotel, get us checked in. Like, okay, we'll, we'll see you again here uh, Sunday afternoon. We'll, we'll fly home and that's it. No itinerary, nothing. So guys had a good time. And I remember the one evening we went to this one bar and we're, we're going to go in and the bouncer or whoever is like, no, you guys can't come in. Well, what do you mean? We can't come in. Like there's not a lineup. There's nothing. And then basically, again, lost in translation a bit, but there was too many girls in there and there are too many guys in there already. And they needed to keep the ratio or something or other. So whatever, we turn around, I, I maybe had some choice words and we turn around, we're walking the other way. And next thing you know, like my body's shut off, I'm facing the pavement and oh, there's the guys are like kind of looking, they know I'm okay. And then they start laughing with the taxi drivers over and they wanted to get the police involved. And I, I mean, I was kind of well I was pretty banged up and it's we're over in Germany I'm whatever I'm gonna survive but my nose hurts I don't need to get the police involved so this <laughs> cab driver felt sorry for us so he drove us around showing us the sights for a bit <laughs> <laughs> so I was told to ask about your year-end uh, wind up when you're over in Finland is there another good story over there oh well I mean just those the Finns and the way they drink it's wild like I always say to people, try to when you try and do it justice or describe it, like over here, I find if you're, you know, you're out or you're at a post party or something and somebody gets sick, they've had too much to drink, like that kind of signals the end of the night. But for them, it's almost like an intermission. Like it's, it's like halftime. You, you could be walking downtown and you'll see them, they'll see people all over puking. And then you'd be in the bar an hour later and you see the guy walking by again. And so those guys will go for, I don't know, 48 hours or more and it would i'd go i'd party and i'd come home and go to sleep and i'd go back and meet them again and uh yeah the guys i remember they they had some industrial saran wrap and they'd saran wrap the one guy to the table there uh on night one of the first year now you mentioned that you've never seen that over here the uh they call that in wilkie they call that the puke and rally they do that there too just a heads up <laughs> okay good well i've seen it once before so I'm, i'll be comfortable with it then so after Finland, you end up back, obviously in Canada. How how did that come about? Did you sign another AHL deal, or did you get an AHL deal with the Senators at that time? Yeah, so I went for my first year in Finland. Uh, about a month or two into it, they signed me to an extension, so I had two years left in Finland. Um, again, back to the Syracuse connection. One of the scouts that was scouting for, or sorry, for uh, Columbus at the time had moved to Ottawa. He really liked me and he'd come over to watch a few games in Finland. So he was kind of the guy that uh, spearheaded, I guess, signing with Ottawa. And then it was a hard decision whether I'd come back or not, because of course, like I said, I was, I was having success in Europe. I was getting paid well. And my experience in the American league wasn't great at that point. So being, I was on an NHL contract, I figured it was kind of now or never, I guess, and try it out. And um, yeah, and then came back and was able to play some games that year. So you didn't start like you know, that when you come back, do you start, you obviously go to camp with, with Ottawa, then they send you to bingo or where? Yeah. I, I played an exhibition game or two. I wouldn't say 
not, I don't mean, I don't want to sound discouraged by it or something that wasn't given a fair shot, but I think it was, the roster was more or less set at the start. So I, I went down to bingo right away um, and got, uh, yeah, got kind of going quick with that. I think I was leading the league in goals at, uh, in the first month or so. And, and then was uh, given a call up after that. Yeah. Talk about getting that call. Uh, yeah. Just take us back to it when you, you found out you were getting called up. Uh, what was, uh, I mean, I had never been called up before, so it's kind of one of those things. It seems like it's, you don't know what, if you're on the radar or not. I remember you're sitting in the apartment and all of a sudden get a call. I mean, at no point was my head right away, you know, maybe I'm getting called up and here it's their coach and asking what I'm doing and okay, you got to, you got whatever it was, 35 minutes to get to the rink. There's a car picking you up and you're driving to Jersey tonight and you got game one tomorrow. Holy. So whirlwind to go there. Wife drives me there. We pick up their stuff and go into the coach's office, kind of sit down quickly and, you know, gives me a little talk and I'll never forget. It was, I mean, if you know, Don Knockbauer, I've met him before. He's a character and played I, for him in Seattle. Did you? Like, Absolute I, I, beauty, yeah, yeah. Oh, he treated me so well and played the shit out of me. And I can't like, I have nothing but good things to say, but, and uh, so he pulls me in. He goes, I, I got one, one word of it or one thing of advice for you. And, okay. What's that? He goes, when you get there, your first shift, he says, skate as fast as you can slide into the end boards ankles first and break both your ankles <laughs> <laughs> i kind of laugh and i mean for people that don't i guess understand it but he you know he's what he's getting at i guess is that if you get hurt up there they can't send yeah. you down so <laughs> get a season season ending injury and you're stuck there and they're paying you all year so, <laughs> so there's a uh, the first game against jersey i actually saw online there's a great photo of you snowing marty broder that would have been in your first game yeah, it was. So again, just the whole whirlwind with everything. Uh, I remember um, uh, as soon as I found out, you kind of, you didn't even have time to call people. You just go get your stuff and the car is going to be there. So then on the drive to, to Jersey, I was making phone calls and uh, my dad was able to somehow find some flights and, and get there for the game. So that was pretty cool. But, uh, but then, yeah, Marty Broder, you look across and I mean, one play with that too, is just how, how good he was with his stick. I remember Chris Kelly being behind the net and I've still to this day never seen anyone else do it. But the goalie or Brewer kind of went on the one side, was blocker side, and swung his stick around the back of the net and essentially poke checked the guy who was directly behind the net and knocked the puck in the corner. And I remember Chris Kelly coming back to the bench and just shaking his head like nobody else does this. Like uh, it, was, it was pretty uh, pretty surreal for sure. You you got six games up there, but uh, like some weapons you got to play with in Ottawa, right? Like you look at Alfredson and Spezza, Kovalev, like. Eric Carlson, that was a pretty good team you were a part of there for a little bit. Yeah, and and again, it's all those superstars, like just such humble, nice guys too. Like it's, uh, I remember we did the West Coast trip. Um, we, we had a couple of days off in LA and Alfredson, after practice ends, Alfredson has a bunch of, you know, seven or eight limos there to take everybody down to Rodeo Drive and they, they all did their shopping and I walked out and didn't buy anything, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a real cool. And, uh, and funny, too, I remember well, Kovalev, he's, he's a pilot, and he kind of beats to his own drum, and he is late in his career, does whatever he wants. And we finished that road trip in Anaheim, and then just with the time change and not flying overnight, we stayed the night and then flew out in the morning. And he had some sort of event he needed to be back for, so he rented a plane after the game and flew himself home instead of, instead of waiting. <laughs> oh, my. So – Big question in those in those uh, that year with Ottawa, any Carrie Underwood sightings? No, yeah, we uh, 
well, it would have been a home game, I guess. Uh, one of the games, and of course, I didn't, I don't play many minutes or nothing like that. So after the game, they got workouts posted for guys that have played, you know, this many minutes, this many minutes. And so I, my brother's in town and my, my wife's there and they're watching the game and I'm doing a workout after. So they're sitting in the family room and just kind of waiting. And uh, Mike Fisher was really diligent, looked after his body and all that stuff. So he's, you know, played obviously way more than I did, but he's in there doing his workouts and whatever treatment he needed. And uh, so I'm the second last guy to leave. He's the last guy to leave. And it's been a long night. I'm not really thinking anything of it. I come in and kind of turn the corner and go into the wise room. And here I see my brother, my wife, and here's Carrie Underwood. The three of them are in the, in the wise room. Nobody oh, that's so else. cool. Nobody else. So I, and I, I mean, I didn't expect it. So I kind of was probably awkward and just said hi <laughs> and left. And, and then the whole car ride home, they had all the stories and my wife was bugging my brother that he was hitting on her. That was, was pretty funny. Why wouldn't a guy throw yeah. out a couple? You never know, right? You, ne- you never shoot your shot, shoot your uh, shot. Um, and and then so Binghamton, the the next you, you were captain. Was it the next uh, year you were captain? Second, yeah, second year. You what, guys won it all that year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did kind of a wild playoff ride. Actually, we uh, we went. We were a crossover team the way it worked. So we went to the other conference. We played Manchester. We were down three games to one to them in the first round we won every single game that round in overtime um you had a big one didn't you was that that round you had a big goal uh not an overtime one i don't think i got a couple assists but no goals in that one in the conference finals i got the series clincher in overtime um but that first one yeah we get every game in overtime game six they even had a shootout or sorry a penalty shot in overtime um i think that bud holloway from uh he's from saskatchewan yeah plays for the mooseman rangers Okay. It was funny too. Actually, I, I, I don't know. I feel bad saying this or maybe hope maybe he knows already or didn't see it. But then in game seven, we went to go play the game. It's one of the Manchester fans had a sign that said something like, bud, you blew it or something. Because <laughs> like he missed game six. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, then we go and we were, we were losing pretty late in game seven, uh, tied it up, put in overtime and, and then won that one. And uh, yeah, went on to win the whole thing. What what was the uh, the other one that you told me once? There was like a Jonas, Jonathan Chichu, like he was a black ace or something. Was that that year? Yeah, it was the first year. So he was pretty bitter. He got uh, it must have been the last year of his contract in Ottawa, and they'd sent him down. He was making like four million or something. And they sent him down to the minors. Um, so he came down with us, and he was there for at least Christmas on, if not longer. An awesome guy, and like treated us well. And so then at the end of the year, myself, two other guys, and John, we go up and we're black aces in Ottawa. So we're, you know, we're bag skating in the morning and doing our thing. Or actually, I had a torn MCL, so I don't even know why they had me there because I couldn't <laughs> skate. So I, I was just watching, and uh, those guys are skating. And then the, the one day, we, we went out the night before and uh, got into it pretty good. And then those guys are skating in the morning. Then we went straight to golf. And uh, so we're going to golf. We're having some beers on the way. And and they picked up some sandwiches for lunch. And uh, we're on the first tee. And all of a sudden, John's phone's ringing. He's getting a call from, like, this, uh, the team services guy for Ottawa. He's like, what the hell does this guy want? Obviously, he's bitter. He just throws it in the cart, and we keep playing. So it <laughs> rings once more. He does the same thing, tosses it. All of a sudden, we're on, like, hole three or four, and it's a par five, and there's we're waiting to hit our second shot on the fairway, and there's this cart coming straight down the fairway at us. I'm like, what is this guy doing? The guy comes from the clubhouse. He goes, uh, Jonathan – yeah, yeah. He's like, you have to call Ottawa right now. You got to call these guys. Need to get a hold of you. So, oh yeah, he calls them, and they needed him to play that night. So, <laughs> he's like three beers deep on hole four, and <laughs> egg salad sandwich for lunch, and 
goes and plays the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs. And then it was for that night, obviously, we're up there watching. And just every time you go on the ice, we're killing ourselves laughing. Uh, it was a pretty good story. Oh, was, was he playing well? Uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't play much. I mean, the coach was at Corey Clouston. Who didn't, they didn't like each other. And I don't think it was a coach's decision that he was the one playing that night. Uh, so uh, after the after the Calder Cup win, and then so 2011, 2012, do, are, do you kind of part ways with the Senators organization? Because you end up in Oak City. Yeah, again, just kind of thought I was pigeonholed and wasn't going to get a shot in the NHL. Um, knew I wasn't going to spend a ton more time in North America <laughs> if I wasn't going to play in the NHL. So I wanted to try and go somewhere that I'd get a more of a look and took a chance with Edmonton uh, and went there. Again, Todd Nelson was coaching their minor league team. So I knew if I ended up there, I was in a good spot with him. Um, I was going to say, is that part of the reason you went there? Because he coached you, what was that, back in the UHL, right? My first year pro, yeah. So for sure it was. I remember I called him once. We were kind of talking to a few different teams. um, Then I called him just to kind of see where he was at with things and what he thought. And, uh, and yeah, ultimately decided on them. Obviously, the Oilers were kind of in a bad stretch throughout those years. You led the team in scoring that year. Is there ever a thought that you might have got called up to Edmonton that year? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's why I instill a hatred for the Oilers and my kids right now. <laughs> uh, it was the same kind of deal with, uh, with Binghamton and Ottawa. I started, I went down, uh, I was one of the last cuts in Edmonton, uh, then went down to Oklahoma, had a good start to the year. I got, I don't know, we were a couple of weeks, maybe a month into the season and was, got called up. So pretty excited. I think this playing that night, I think it was, uh, go to the airport in Oklahoma, fly to Colorado and then we're uh, connecting. Uh, I think it told family already, all that stuff and get to Colorado. And I got missed calls and text messages on my phone. I'm like, what's going on here? So I basically have a message left on my phone that uh, the Oilers didn't realize I had to clear waivers. They're, they're scared. Somebody's going to claim me on waivers. <laughs> so they get sent back down to, to Oklahoma. So it was, yeah, it was obviously bitter in the sense that, you know, you're not getting called up that night. And then it was, I mean, you know, you're not getting called up the rest of the year now. Like, so looking back, it's like one of those, it was a hard decision because career wise, I probably should have been selfish and told them like, okay, now I'm, I want to full out buyout on going to Europe if you're not going to call me out. But again, the Todd Nelson factor and, and just not wanting to be that guy, I, I stuck it out and stayed, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, it, you talk about dysfunction in the junior team there back in, when we had seven wins, like the, the dysfunction in that management organization that year was wild so they could have they could have called you up it's when they would have sent you back down they were scared somebody was going to jump in i think so i don't know the ins yeah. and outs of how that works but yeah that's what i was told and i mean late in the year too is after the uh trade deadline each team's only allowed a certain amount of call-ups and then they have to be de- deemed emergency basis and that and i remember we were in milwaukee they called up that prv svensson flew him from milwaukee to edmonton he landed in Edmonton. They realized they were out of call-ups, so they couldn't call him up. So he couldn't even go to the rink. He had to go to the hotel, watch the hockey game, go back to the airport the next morning and fly back to Milwaukee. Like an NHL team that doesn't understand that, that's pretty bad. Um, your time in Oak City, there had to have been a run-in with uh, former guest and absolute legend, Doug Sauter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a few. He was always around. He was kind of the color guy on the radio. And then uh, <laughs> the, the owner of the team, he owned like a – I don't know. He had, well, he had his hands in a bunch of things, but he had uh, bulls uh, where he made a bunch of money with like black Angus bulls. He had Clydesdale horses. Uh, I think his main source income, he was kind of like that X games. He would did like the marketing or something like that for that. But 
Um, so yeah, uh, Doug was, was always around and then my grandparents came down and he took us on a big tour of kind of all the, the farm and the facilities and stuff there and, and got to really spend some time with him. So it was, it was pretty neat too. So then the next year it's, uh, you're kind of done with the AHL and the, and the possibility of the NHL and you just say you and you and the wife talk and you decide, uh, you decide on Geneva. Yeah, we just figured we're like, I was at the point in my career and, um, obviously a little bit bitter on how that year it went, but was kind of, oh, it was a tweener. I don't know. I might've got some more games in the NHL. I might've played a year, been able to stick somewhere. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I knew I could make more money in Europe. And it was one of those things like, you know, your career is not that long and try and make the most of it while we can and set ourselves up a bit. And so, uh, yeah, I decided on going to Geneva, picked the wrong spot, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but got ourselves kind of going over in Europe again. I was going to say pretty good sticks and gas over in Switzerland. Yeah. They treat you okay there. That's for sure. Uh, it's uh, it's not much of a secret anymore but we used to joke as as imports there that it's kind of the best kept secret because uh i mean really when you factor in nhl guys in their you know taxes agent fees living expenses all these things it's uh you know you're pretty much making you know what you'd make in the nhl as a you know lower end guy so just one year in geneva and then you you jump to another team there yeah, one too many in Geneva with Chris McSorley, and then uh, went over to <laughs> went over to Zurich. So, what's the story there? What's what's the craziest Geneva story? There's something there you mentioned oh, it twice man, now. It, it, you know what? He, he's if you ever wanted to get a sense of it, there's a on that spit and chicklets. There's a Nathan Gerby episode. And he gets into it a bit, but um, like the guy that sells me, he could sell ice to ask most for sure. But as far as coaching goes, and it's, it's out of this world. Like you, it's hard, tough to even justify it and make people understand. I mean, our breakout, for instance, like he'd have our defenseman that would step out from behind our own net and take a slap shot down towards the other goalie. And we'd go chasing it. <laughs> like, he oh. coached there for like 12 years straight. Well, he was the owner, the general manager and the coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did whatever he wanted. Like, and it was right when that Moneyball movie came out for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think we like thought he was going to reinvent the game. Like he our neutral zone break or four check, he would, he had the great idea that, like, okay, forwards, you guys just go stand by their forwards and then we'll take them all away. Well, guess what? Their defensemen just skate the puck then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was wild. <laughs> so, but then it, even kind of a funny departure from them too, because uh, for the first half of the year, I just kind of kept my mouth shut and tried to like, I, I don't know, tried to figure out what was going on. And then uh, for the second half, I was, I was more vocal, I guess, and didn't, we kind of started to butt heads and I had a, I had two year contract. So we came home and we just had our second child that summer. And, uh, I was, we were kind of, oh, I knew I wasn't going back to play for him. Like there's no way. And then he had called. And I think, like I said, we butted heads. So I don't know if he was too keen on having me back either, but, um, I was able to convince him. I still wanted to come back and that he's going to have to buy me out to get rid of me. And, uh, so he, yeah, he ended up getting a buyout. And then I, I don't know, before the ink was dry, I'd sign in Zurich and, and then, uh, yeah, had a good three years in Zurich. So a nice so, west side move. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you went to uh, Zurich there, like you said. Mark Crawford was the coach, right? Yeah, yeah, he was the coach. So, and then coming off the year we just had in Geneva, like I mean, I'd heard stories about Crow, and I was like, oh boy, like can I do this or what am I getting into? I got to do some research. And um, it was funny. He called me uh, when we were negotiating a bit and I was in Rona trying to get some stuff for the house and had like an hour conversation with him while I'm walking around Rona. But uh, so it was a little bit tentative going over, ultimately decided it was a good, 
you know, good situation. The team, uh, they've historically had good teams. So let's, let's try it out and, and was super fortunate. Like it's, he was awesome. I can't, uh, can't stress it enough how good he was for me on the ice and then just off the ice and the culture he made with, uh, with the whole team and with the imports, it was a great experience. What's the, uh, what's the Crawford and the babysitting of the kids story? <laughs> well, yeah, that's how kind of how he was him and his wife, Helen. Um, we, we had friends come over, uh, from Saskatoon here and it was right near Christmas. I think maybe the week before Christmas and we had a lull in games. We didn't have practices. He'd give us two days, three days off sometimes just, I think, cause he wanted it more than anything. But, um, so we booked uh, a little chalet up in the mountains and, uh, my wife and I, and our, our friends went up there and, uh, Crow and his wife babysat our two kids in Zurich for two days. So, wow. Yeah, yeah nice. it was, uh, it was great. And then it was funny. We came back at the, I think that off season, we had TSN just on the TV and it was like top 10 coaches freakouts and, <laughs> Is here's Crawford yelling at Bowman and our kids are seeing him on the TV. Like, you know, what's going on? That's not the <laughs> our old babysitter. Yeah. Uh, so, so then this is, this is the cool part. What, what, what year does, does Austin Matthews come over and, and what do you remember about hearing about this kid? Cause he was like 16 and, and how everything he was drafted then, wasn't he? Wasn't he already drafted no. or going into his draft year? Yeah. Going into his yeah. draft year. So it's, it's weird. Like it's so different over there and, I mean, I think it's, it would maybe has changed a little bit, but I'm sure it's pretty similar now where you're like in a bubble or you're, you know, like for, for those guys that are over there now, like I'm, I'm sure they've heard of Connor Bedard, but like, they wouldn't know all the stuff like that. It's not shoved down your throat consistently like it is here. So, you know, for us over there, it's like, I honestly probably had not heard of who Austin Matthews was until a month before he was going to be coming over. And then, so you're trying to figure this out. Who, who is this kid? Why? I mean, he's 16, how, or he's been 17, I guess. It's like, they think he's going to come play in a men's league. Like, how good can this kid be? And there was a lot of skepticism, right? It was like publicity stunt. And um, so it wasn't like it was a big buildup, really. And even, I remember we got over there for camp and uh, we were going up into the mountains for our, our training camp and the, like, local players and the imports, nothing had been settled yet. There was a lot of red tape they had to go through. And it was like this big mystery. Is he coming? Is he not coming? And, uh, and then obviously eventually he, uh, yeah, he ended up there, but I think he had to go take his GED and essentially finish high school and do some things like that, that the Swiss government was making him do. So did, did he live with his parents? And first, first question, what was your first impression when you got to meet him and skate with him? Uh, well, again, coming over, you don't know anything. It's, I think right away it was like red flags and like, he's just going to be this little like young robot that like doesn't mix with the guys at all. And, and I think once he settled in, you found out right away, that's not what he is. Like he's got personality. He's got swagger. He's a great guy. But I think just as the first thing is obviously you go to practice and he's jet lagged. So it's like his energy and his, maybe his pace isn't there, but his, his hands and his puck skills are just, just stupid. Like we, we used to do this warm up where you'd line everyone up across There's a you know real European thing, but you'd line everyone up across the red line or the goal line. And then one guy would kind of do some sort of like a skill move, like a bit of a puck handling thing. And then everyone else would just repeat it. And you just do that down the ice. Like that was just to get your hands going. And so it's like one of the first practices they have him go and be the first guy that has to demo something. And he does something and everyone just kind of like looks at each other. Like what just happened there? Like we can't do this. So he had <laughs> come and threw his stick through his legs, kept the puck the whole time and then got back into it and just kept repeating that. And it, it was one of those things. Yeah. It was right away. It's the skills very high. So, so he's super, he's super young. Um, he was, he, I think he was living with his parents or his mom or something. Cause he wasn't on his own. 
No, his mom and his sister who lived there through the whole year. And then his dad and other sister would come like periodic, periodically through the year. I think his, uh, his youngest sister, I don't know if she still is, but she was quite big into golf then. So she, uh, she was on a golf team and that, and the, the dad stayed back with her and kind of helped her along. So he's 17 at some point in the year. Does he, you know, start, obviously he's fitting in, but do you guys take him out? Does he, you know, have a few, have a few beers, beers yeah. with the boys? Yeah, he well, that was early in the in the year actually, because he uh, every year there's they call it street parade in Zurich, and it's a big music festival, and it's kind of within the downtown core, and there's the streets are all closed off, there's DJs everywhere, so a bunch of couples had taken uh, had taken him out, like they were going to the street parade during the day too, like nobody was getting too crazy. It's it's a full day thing and then full night, and uh, me and my wife we weren't there for some reason. I can't remember exactly what we had going on, but the, the other two couples had taken him, and they were just having a few social drinks and a couple shots maybe. And you kind of forget it's he's seventeen, and next thing you know, he's he's bombed. And they had to, the one guy had to cab back with him to his house, and nobody really met the mom really yet and got to know her. So you're basically <laughs> ha- handing off her kid here to him, and it wasn't a great first impression. And uh, yeah, l- luckily they're you know great people and were very understanding. <laughs> Your son, he's buckled. Yeah, <laughs> three in the afternoon. Oh yeah, uh, he was. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like I say, they didn't realize uh, how young or forget how young he is. Did you play on a line with him? Uh, probably fifty-fifty. Yeah, half the year we would, and then we'd mix it up. And uh, we had another guy, Robert Nelson, who was a Swedish guy. I think he was a first-round pick to the Islanders or the Oilers or something. But crazy skilled. So those two played the whole year together, and that was fun to watch. So he's going into his draft year. So was there ever a point for the team or for him or for you guys as players where, you know, it's like, I don't want to say maybe he was in a you know bubble wrap, but did he ever like any injuries or close to major injuries where like people are like holding their breath? Uh, well, you know, yeah, again, he's young guy. If he's getting bumped around, like we're, we were in there pretty, pretty quick and maybe a little bit more hands-on than with some other guys, but uh the one that stands out we were playing in a, a road game and it was late in the game third period we were losing and he kind of tried to slip by this defenseman and got hip checked and like went back first into the boards and kind of came to the bench and was a little sore and but you know could have kept playing but the game was out of hand and so crow was just like no you just you know sit there you're done and we played the uh, played the next night and we we go to the rink and we're laying around i think morning skate he's complaining he's a little bit sore and this and that we're bugging him like calling him a wuss or whatever and um, so the day goes on, we're, we're there before the game, five o'clock, same thing. Guys are riding the bike, stretching. He's still complaining about his back. And we had the one guy in the team that was like your universal, like, Oh, my back's tight. Like go over to him. He'll just, you know, shake you around and crack your back. So we're like, we'll just go over to Shappy, like get a back crack. I threw a loosen up. So he gets him to do that. And we're all around and doing our own thing. And all of a sudden he starts like rolling on the ground, kind of laughing, but he's like, Oh, it feels worse. Like this feels awful. So uh, he plays that night and then we didn't have games for a while and was still sore for a few days. So they go and they get him x-rays and they find out he's got a broken vertebrae in his back. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is in like mid-November, early November. And there was immediate panic because they thought he was going to miss the world juniors and stuff. Like it was, it was real touch and go. I don't think he played any games after that before the world juniors. He went right into that. So <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure if his agent heard how everything went down, he wouldn't be <laughs> Old Shappy Just, almost ended it for Matt. Big, oh, yeah. big bear hug in the back training room. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that was your last year playing uh, playing pro. Did you kind of know, like through that year, that okay, this is this is it. This is time to hang them up. I knew it was getting close. I tore my MCLs like three years in a row, and like 
kind of bouncing back sides knee to knee. And so I knew it was getting close. Uh, I probably still plan on playing another year, maybe two. And then uh, came back that summer and that's when the blades went through a bit of a coaching change and there was an opening uh, knew I wanted to get involved in coaching and try it out. Um, so just the timing of it all and kind of checked into that. And uh, yeah, I mean, who knows when you're going to get another opportunity to coach in your hometown and, you know, and have everybody at home again. So, uh, so yeah, I kind of took that and ended the career. Maybe I uh, wasn't going to be much left, but maybe a year or two really. How, how old were your kids at this point when you, when you decided to stay in Saskatoon? We just had our, uh, our son, our third kid. So uh, what am my math? Six, three, and then a newborn. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it gets hard. You're dragging as the kids get older too, they're kind of they start to understand you're leaving grandma and grandpa and family and gets hard on them too. So it was uh, yeah, a family decision, I guess. Do your kids ever brag that they've uh, hung out with Austin Matthews? Do they still? Uh, never... They know, like, I mean, they wouldn't remember him, right? But they, they know I played with him and uh, we, we cheer for the Leafs a little bit because of him. So, uh, yeah, they know the connection and they got some jerseys and that stuff. And, and then it was neat too. Uh, my first year in coaching uh, was the year the Leafs came and played Ottawa in an exhibition game in, uh, in Saskatoon. So, uh, so I had my, you know, some of my family cousins and stuff come meet him and get some sticks. And uh, yeah, no, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. Is he like just, just super humble and remembers everyone? And yeah, I mean, that's why I've had guys that I played with before that, you know, you always like to see guys you play with have success and stuff. And, but there's some, you really don't pay close attention to, but, but he's obviously cause he's in the, the media as much as he is, but somebody I really root for and he's just super down earth. What you see is what you get as far as his personality. And I mean, even a couple of years ago, we had a, uh, a friend of ours who, a friend of theirs, whether their child was going through some, uh, some health issues and some cancer treatments and stuff and a fundraiser and sent Austin a quick message and he right away had a Jersey outside and he's uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Great family too. The parents are the same. Oh, that's, that's super cool. So you, you're coaching Sastoon blades, you know, cool for, for a local guy, like you said, how quick into that year does Keegan McAvoy call you to play AAA with Rosetown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was relatively early, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, it's funny is before that I'd always looked and like, you know, you see, see the senior hockey and you're kind of like, I don't know why guys do it. And you never understood it. And, and then you get a, a couple of years removed from actually playing and like being in the room, having the beers after, and even just like the competitiveness a little bit, it's uh, you realize why guys play as long as they do. And uh, yeah, it's a fun time. What, um, how hard was it to juggle? Like, like I can't, I'm trying to remember if the blades were in the playoffs or whatnot, but to, to get games in and then to make that Allen cup run, it must've been pretty difficult to juggle your schedule. Oh yeah. It was awful. I think I, I might've played two games in the year or something like that. One, one of the games I remember where I played, it was, I don't know, not an afternoon or four o'clock game, maybe or something like that. Played it in Rosetown and the bus for the blades came through and picked me up on our way out West for our Western road trip. <laughs> well, it was, uh, yeah, you was getting creative to try and squeeze in games. And, uh, I mean, you play like play one game, go three months and play another one. It was, it definitely wasn't as uh, crisp as I'd like to be. <laughs> but it must've been pretty exciting. Like making that and playing in the Allen cup. Um, I think what was it the year you guys played was it in Bentley or Lacombe or somewhere and uh, it was the year in Rosetown actually Rosetown the year, okay the year I played so yeah it was it was neat to see all the even some guys I played with uh, some different places in pro with they're on the Ontario team and that kind of stuff so you see some guys that you've you've played against or played with before um yeah it's, it's good hockey too so there's you know a lot of guys that have had good careers so you decided this year that uh you're playing senior with the Wilkie Outlaws we know you got some 
family ties there, but I guess talk about the decision to to go play there. I see you're wearing their their bucket. Yeah, yeah, I got a sport. Actually, I stole it again from my daughter. I came home with it one night, and in the morning, it was already claimed by her. So I don't know. It was tough. Like we played last year there in uh, in Outlook and enjoyed that, and and then um, just all those guys kind of left, and the, the team was changing, and, and knew it. For years, I, my grandpa, I remember growing up and I went to a few games with him and just thought it would be kind of neat to, to play, play for them and, and be back out in Wilkie around some family that I unfortunately don't get to spend a ton of time around just, uh, you know, because we're, we're in Saskatoon. So it's it's been fun. Even the one exhibition game we had so far, I had uh, a couple sets of aunt and uncles and grandma there and a cousin. So it's uh, yeah, it's going to be fun this year, I think, to, to get to see uh, or spend more time with them than uh, unfortunately don't get to. I want to go back to last year with Outlook and that Wadena game because that was that was something else. I think Brandon was at that game. Yeah, yeah. Bla- Blair De Bruin stole the show. Oh, it was like out of a movie. It's uh, <laughs> well, we're getting pumped right at the start too, and then I mean, we have the two stud defensemen, and one guy gets uh, suspended or kicked out of the game, and like, oh my, this is just unraveling right before our eyes, right? And uh, and then I don't even know what changed. Well, they, yeah, then the goalies you know, thinking about quitting and what does quit. And, uh, and then, yeah, we, he pulled himself, didn't he? Yeah. You guys played a lot tighter after De Bruin went in for sure. Tightened yeah. Down. Well, it was funny. Cause he, yeah, he, the goal got scored and all of a sudden he's like jetting to the bench and I didn't know if he broke a stick and I kind of looked and it's like, his stick's fine. And, and next thing you know, he's the Kim and the coach are yelling at each other and like, Oh, he just quit. Like what, what's going to happen now? And, and Bruno had no intention of playing. Like he, he was there to, you know, hang out and, uh, and then went in there and was just kicking for us. Like some of the saves were funny too. I remember I was bugging him. He made one like kick save. I think the puck hit his foot, rolled up like on the crossbar, yeah. rolled up over the net. And uh, yeah, he, he made some big saves late, especially when the game got close. Like they had some chances. Do you think Wadena, like, was that your biggest test in provincials? You think, I think he played Kindersley in the final, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was a weird, cause the first game, it was relatively close, but we, we, you know, handled them pretty good. And then the second game, like we were missing, I, I wasn't there. Tim Spencer's not there. Jagow's not there. We were missing a bunch of guys for whatever reason. Uh, and they went in, they only lost one, nothing. And then, uh, and then that third game, yeah, it was ridiculous. just the way it all worked, but uh, Kindersley was probably the toughest. They, they were pretty gritty and they had uh, a few more high end guys, I guess, like with the Drzezinski's there and, some guys that could score. They had a young guy too. That kind of he was Tyler Hope from yeah, Lashburn. Yeah, wasn't fair. he was in shape still. And that's a little guy. <laughs> didn't you have to get your Didn't you have to get your skate fixed or something in Kindersley? Yeah, that was pretty funny too. I, I'm sure somebody'd probably get in trouble about that after the game. But my it was second period, I think, or early in the second or late in the first, and uh, somebody shot it and it hit my skate, and the, the holder just blew up like it was gone. And I I don't have extra skates with me or anything like that. <laughs> so I'm like grasping at straws call my buddy uh brett baron there at owls like what's the deal with the source for sports and kindersley like you got a connection like i'm grasping at straws here so i don't even know who he somehow he made it work he he got in touch i think with the source for sports guy then the source for sports guy got in touch with a kindersley clippers trainer who was at the game and so they fixed my skate and had me back out there quick and I, like i say if the kindersley guys knew what was going on i think he'd have been in some shit yeah, yeah. Doing how, favors. like how how long does that all take because that seems like something that would take hours it didn't it was like i went into the room and i again like i have no extra skates and a few guys some of the young kids that weren't playing and brought their gear and i'm trying on random skates and like nothing's even close so it was my last 
last hope basically is like see what what can happen i checked obviously the source for sports is closed because it's nine at night or something and, <laughs> and yeah so brett uh, brett made it happen so i don't know if you've had a chance to uh meet him yet you mentioned just one exhibition game with uh, wilkie but have you had a chance to meet percy williams <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I haven't got to know him really well, but it was funny. We were walking in for, I think, that first exhibition game, and he was at the front door. And um, myself and Brock Harrison, were, we came out, and I think Brock said hi to him or something. And I said, okay, like, who's that? Because he kind of looked familiar, but I, I wouldn't know him just by looking at him. And then he's like, oh, that's that's Percy Williams. I actually don't know why they call him Percy, but trust me, you'll get to know him. Yeah. <laughs> So. get you back on later in the year you'll have some stories i guarantee oh, that's it funny. <laughs> um back back when you were coaching the blades right because you kind of briefed over that but has it changed a lot because you didn't play that long ago in the dub it was different hockey yeah. but has it changed a lot and maybe you don't have to name names or anything but was it any crazy stories about like parents still even in dub or like interfering or attitudes or anything like that yeah well, they're definitely parents are definitely way more involved i mean i i know playing like I, my dad wasn't making phone calls nor would I want him to right like it was you go there and you earn your ice time and you know at the end of the day the coaches want to win too so guess what they play the best players it's uh so yeah the play, the parents are way more involved and and then the the hockey is so different to me as far as like there was hatred back then right like you there was rivalries and now it's they're all friends it's it's crazy I remember one of the early games it's you go in after in the hallway and guys are right there visiting and like this isn't right and uh, Kirby Doc actually one of I think he was still 15 he came up and he'd scored a goal with us he still had his cage on and and like I say when we played like there was a hatred and you could you'd try and put fear into people so I, I remember just scoring and guys threatening me if I do that again they're gonna break my neck and you know and Kirby scores a goal and all of a sudden one of the you know relatively tougher guys on uh, the other team is right in his grill and he's talking to him and he comes to the bench and in my head, I'm thinking he's trying to tell him like, he's like same thing. You do that again. I'm going to chase you around. I'm going to kill you. And I come back and I said, Kirby, like, well, what did he say to you? He goes, Oh, he just told me he's a nice goal. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like the other team's complimenting players now, like what is going on? So, so it was a bit of a shock, uh, shock that way to try and, uh, you know, try and figure that end of things out and just how players tick, I guess. Cause it's, uh, yeah, you know, the game's changed in a lot of good ways, but then uh, there's some ways where you know, good or bad, it's just different and uh, takes a bit to get used to. When it comes to senior, I had a guy um, tell me to ask you, could you play without Icy Hot? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I'm still sore from the first exhibition game, I think. So that's like, I used to put it on every once in a while, maybe like a three and three in pro. And now I would say it's like almost like I could bathe in it before a game. <laughs> well, last year we'd get to games and I, if we played, I don't know, say we played 10 games, I bet you five of them, I missed warmups. Like, you know, you're scrambling to get there after work and like, there's no warm up. Like you're not getting loose. It's you, you got to look for other avenues. So it's, yeah, it's, it's icy hot before the game and she's, you know, 016 is after the game. <laughs> uh, let's get into rapid fire here. Uh, if, if they are rapid, maybe they won't be. And uh, we can, uh, we can wrap it up. Kels, uh, Shane, you can go first. So you didn't play a ton in the show, but. Uh, I'm sure that West Coast trip would have been pretty fun. So I always ask, what was your favorite road barn in the show? Uh, pretty cool experience out in, uh, like, I mean, playing L.A. Um, there and just, like, it's, yeah, all the history and stuff there. Same thing. Like, I played one game uh, 
in Madison Square Garden. So so those like the the lore and you see the pictures in the concerts, those are pretty cool. But I mean, Montreal is tough to beat the atmosphere. It's like, I think the they, got, they got, yeah, the hot dogs after the game for sure. All the extras come down. Um, but then I, it's like, I don't know for sure, but the lower bowl, it's like, it's, it's on top of you. Like the, the, the angle, it's like no other, the others are all kind of, you know, they work away quicker. This one, it's, they're just, all the sound gets trapped and it's a, the atmosphere, everything's red. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Okay. I'm going to go back into that question. LA, New York, being from SAS, did you run into anybody that you're like super starstruck by or see anyone? You're like, Oh my gosh, that's, you know, so-and-so. Uh, not from like celebrity wise. I don't think really. I remember uh, the LA game, I think was uh, like a Saturday night hockey on TV. So Ron McLean was there. I remember that being pretty cool. Um, but that's, uh, that'd be the one that stands out, I guess, but it, it was pretty surreal. Even like Madison square garden, you're seeing all the, you know, all these famous people in the pictures right. of the concerts there and just knowing, you know, knowing what's went on in that building. It was, uh, it was cool. cool. Now you told us you uh, aren't a fan of warmups, but what would be like your number one songs that you're about to get jacked up before a game or you're pulling in 10 minutes before puck drop? What song would you have cranked? Oh man. I don't know. It's got to have a pretty good beat to it, but I'm trying to think from like warm up songs. I remember, uh, what was, what's that, uh, is it just called New York? It's like Alicia Keys was one of them, like back in the, you know, whatever, early 2000, 2010-ish. Yeah. And we used, that used to pump. We were Bingham. Jay-Z Bingham. or something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So we were playing in the playoffs and State of New York and that song's going. So that, that like pretty Empire cool. Empire State of Mind. Empire State of Mind, yeah, Jay-Z. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, really for a warm-up song. Hmm, but just because you're in, you're in New York. And kinda, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good. I was totally, I was thinking like a kickstart in my heart for a Knights guy, but well, no, that's whatever. Good. Well, we, the other, well, in the Knights, we always had a uh, blown high dough, tragically hip. That was, <laughs> yeah. Um, when, when you go back to your minor hockey days and, and when you're a kid, maybe it was like a Christmas present or something that was in, you know, the, the Al Anderson's or hub city sports window. What was like your favorite setup or favorite piece of equipment you remember getting or wearing as a kid? I remember it like is so vividly and it was so important to me, but I had one of those like old, uh, like the kind of helmet Wendell Clark wore with the blades, like those big Cooper uh, XL seven. Yeah. Like the ugliest, biggest things. Right. And Classic. I had one of those like late into like my novice career and still wear the only guy I think ever wearing it still. And uh, it was the year we were going to go to that brick tournament. So uh, I was just so embarrassed. I was going to have to wear this. <laughs> in there. And then my parents, uh, I think for Christmas, they got me just like your standard, whatever it was eric lindros style helmet right and so i didn't stand out anymore it was nice <laughs> now that, that and sorry the the pumps the mike medano's like that same year i got those so that was that was key <laughs> i won't say favorite but who's the most memorable teammate of all time who do you who um, comes to mind well as a pro like that period of time it had been matthews for sure junior mike green did some special things watching him was pretty cool yeah, those two guys uh, stand out. As far as I got people I played, you know, a year or more with, like when you're in Ottawa and stuff, it's such a short period of time. But um, those guys really stand out, I think. Favorite minor hockey rink when you go back? What was your favorite rink? Maybe it was a Saskatoon one or maybe yeah. just outside? No question about it. Can't debate it. Harold the Trace. Really? Oh, fries and gravy there. Wendy was working <laughs> the kitchen. Yeah. That was great. And then we won provincials there too. That was kind of like the Knights home rank, right? The symbol was on the outside and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's my spot. Uh, right on. Uh, uh, Lazlo, you guys got any more? I'm good. 
favorite uh last one favorite global sports ever memory oh i think the uh the west side chimes in there were always great anytime or i got it you got it no padubni's got it (laughs) (laughs) uh kels uh you're a beauty man um you know what and you know what we didn't talk about your wife a lot but she's traveled around with you she's an amazing you guys have been together how many years oh since i was 19 she was 18 so i'm not good at math but it's a long time it's like half your life yeah my grandpa used to say it's uh 10 years but it feels like 15 with a wind chill (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean i think any guy that's you know played pro hockey for a long time or you know and, and been married through that and had kids uh you know, we get all the accolades and all the attention, but uh, at the end of the day, they're the ones that kind of keep things on the rails and uh, and let us do what we do. So, hey, best of luck this year. Travel safe, playing senior and and all that, and we'll see you around the rink, right? Because the girls play against each other, so it'll yeah, be fun. You betcha, yeah. You eleven B comets <laughs> <laughs> coming in hot. Thanks, Kyle. Okay, thanks. thanks, guys. Interview wrap up for twenty twenty Geomatics Land Surveying Subdivision. A guy who just tells really great stories and a great guy to be around, Malcolm Van Stone. Look him up, Google him if you've got any land uh, surveying or subdivision to be done. Mentioned great guys, Ryan Keller, another another great guy, senior hockey weapon, fellas. I just want to say with him on the uh, Wilkie Outlaws this year, I think they're I think they got a maybe one last crack at a double banner season. Don't want to put too much pressure on them, but what do they go again? Are they B? Uh, they'll probably be B. Yeah, I think they were B last year. They went A one year and they lost in the final to Bethune four or five years ago. I remember going to the final there in Bethune back when Bethune was a weapon. I do remember that. Oh man, yeah, he had uh, he had some great stories. <laughs> the Jonathan Chichu, you're gonna have to clip that one, or if you haven't, I guess we're playing this after. Why do Jonathan- I have to clip it? No, just put it on social media. Oh, oh yeah, so time I take it out. And the uh, just walk, just in Germany, getting tased, just walking around, getting tased. And, and then the guy that's like, "Go get your back cracked <laughs> over there." Just bear hugged. Just what ended Austin Matthews' career? Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh my god! What it cost him? Hundred million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks to Kels for jumping on. I know we'll get a lot of lessons on that from the Saskatchewan people and then the senior hockey people around. So always good. Take a seat, Sun Time. Sure. I don't know if I have anything, fellas, but uh, I'd I'd be happy to take a seat myself and sit back and listen to you two gentlemen uh, do the segment for the Rusty Shovel Landscape Shop. What season is it now? It's like get ready to get a this snowblower like, season for what the shovel? No, it's this yeah. is like. Order order for next spring season, right? Get a take a few pictures of your yard, get a quote season. Right. Boom, yeah. few measurements. He can get her done. Snow if well, there's no snow on the ground now, so you could probably even come out and take a look if you need them to. But uh otherwise, yeah, picture some measurements and they'll be able to give you a pretty spot on quote. Get your stuff ordered so it's here and ready for the spring. Shink, you got lots, you start because I only got a couple. I heard Two. this the other day, and this is <laughs> probably me being fickle, but I really hate it. When cities tell you to rake up all your fucking leaves and all your yard waste, and then they want you to drive it somewhere and dump it there. No, that's why I pay you guys to pick up my garbage. Thank you very much. I'm not going to put it in paper bags, drive it halfway across the city, get my vehicle all dirty, dump it on your pile, and then come back. Like, what are you going to tell me next? I got to go haul my own water. 
And you only get and you only get your garbage now once every two weeks. You're still paying the same amount of money. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm just like I pay you guys to pick up my garbage. Why I don't want to go. No, that's part of the part of the rub. So yeah, take a seat. Cities that uh, want me to drive halfway across, get my car all dirty, drop off leaves and yard waste. So I got a I got I got a few today too. Actually, I just thought of another one. So I've been running again, right? Because I was like super fat. I was just guzzling all the time. I weighed in. I was weighing in at like over two four zero. So I got her down to under. I'm like under two and a quarter again. But the more I've been running, so I was running during all that snow and all that. Now it's starting to melt, and now I've just noticed like leave my dog shit guy has been out in full force. Like they're like, oh, a little bit of snow, it'll hide the dog shit. But then it all, it's out again. Like, God, take a seat. Just pick up your dog shit. You did it in the spring and the summer because you knew you'd get caught. Keep picking it up, you pigeons. It's all over the park. It's so gross. It's a good one. I don't think we have to even go back to the Colin Thatcher for take a seat because we talked about that off the the top of the show. That is a minty one though. You have to talk about it. Like that was just a bad Bad it was play. it was a bad it was a bad look yeah, yeah. for sure but yeah. you know my last take a seat son is uh i had i laughed out loud you have to pay 80 dollars to volunteer to work the gray cup i know that was the 80? same as when the, the curling thing was here too you always have to pay <laughs> yeah, yeah hard no you can't even get people to work nowadays for like 20 dollars an hour i think but- they and I'm not standing up for them, but I think why they do it is because people would like sign up, get some free merch and then not show up. So you have to like pay to get your merch. Like, cause you people are like, Oh, I'll them? get on the committee. I'll get the great cup jacket and the two. And then the, yeah, I get that, but you should sign up, get your stuff yeah, if your, you, and then get your money back. If you commit, you should deposit check. Yeah. Deposit check. Yeah. Just put a hold on my credit card for 80. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> and uh, take a seats. My, my last take a seat is two phone guy guy that's got two phones you oh. did this last show take a seat no, i didn't did <laughs> I? yeah you did yeah you did I, did I he not did he not i think he did holy shit i've been guzzling fucking yeoman's work buddy <laughs> i don't yeah. think i did but we'll leave it there. hey here's a take a seat great cup now you're guy. buzzing with one i like it the fact that they haven't announced a halftime show is oh. clear to me that they don't have somebody backed out. Clearly, somebody backed out, yeah. and they're trying to get a replacement. It has that's the only Live show. Season. The nooner. My speculation. Oh my god, Travis Linford. When Lucky. It, the the word Lucky. is it's Drake, and then he was like, "Oh my god, cool senior hockey game for the halftime show." I almost kissed my pants. <laughs> Drake Canucks are playing someone to the halftime show. Oh my god! I like provincial champs. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time at anything. But uh, what I think really happened there, and I have this is my guess, is I want to say that it was Kiss, and then when Kiss and the manager that's from Regina had the falling out, and then Gene Simmons announced he's not playing anymore. I think they had to double back, but that was a long time ago now. So is that a, totally like a wrong. completely, yeah, is there an educated part to that guess? Just, just Barry doing Barry. Cause I like, Who and do that you think? could be right. But I think if it was kiss, like that's not a great, like kiss isn't very relevant, but I guess all I time they are, but it is kind of crazy. And are, are seats, are seats really like 800 bones a ticket? Some, are. I think they're like three or wow. four. But it, the yeah. game is the game is sold out. 
a lot of right. people are trying to dump off their tickets, obviously. You know what? The riders can take a seat. If you're in a nine-league oh, team so and you bad. can't make the playoffs in a nine-league team when you're hosting the Great Cup, and like and the salary cap doesn't over. even matter. And like and most, of the, over. most of the league in the CFL is on one-year contracts. So like you're telling me you couldn't have loaded up and actually had a good team for one year while you're hosting the Great Cup. So Terrible. Bad. Right, right in the tirades for high tech right, profiles at your. Should we do metal. this? Should we get into senior first? Let's go tirades because we're. Let's go. We're, to, he's we're angry. We're he's angry. And, oh, we're and so angry right now. High tech. Uh, I got Trent his new lids looking looking sharp. So uh, Trent Meyer and the crew from High Tech Profiles in Saskatoon and Regina. I, I saw he had a deadly coat on at the rink the other night. Someone Sci-wash was telling guy. Me. He was Sci-wash big Siwash guy. guy. He looked good. He looked good. Yeah, I know they. Uh, he, you know what? He did send me a new read, and I can't pull it up. I promise to do it next show, though, Trent. I apologize, but High Tech Profiles is the uh, the tirade. Do you have a tirade? Because I got a quick one. No, you go. It'll be quick. You sound like you're buzzing. It's angers me that, and you guys now watch this, Saskatoon or Regina, watch and document how many times you see more than like ten people on a city bus. They drive around all the time. Yeah. And they're empty. Right. Can we not figure out a better way? Like just, I think just drives around and it's empty all the time. Like you just freaking get these people that needed an Uber or a small van. Like Matt, I'm serious. I don't just give them a, give them like an Uber pass. I don't get it. Be cheaper. It's crazy. These buses drive around and they're empty. And I know some people get it. They need it to get to work and, and all that. Hey, yeah, that's around the world. It, I get it, but some of the routes, I honestly don't see anybody on these buses at certain times. I don't get it. So that's my tire, right? City buses bear. that are empty, city buses that are empty for high tech profiles. That's right. High tech. And just a quick little plug there. I know he was sending us some new info, but uh, if you're a manufacturer in construction or fabrication, call high tech profiles, manufactured yeah. steel, they touch pretty much every project in and around the prairies you you might not know it they're kind of behind the scenes uh pucks in deep guys getting things built with steel and uh yeah high-tech profiles including Pirate. fire pits including yes. fire pits but so much so much more than fire pits so much more let's get into our senior we, we've got some senior hockey to talk about the lid was lifted on senior hockey this past friday with some regular season action happening around the province like i said off the top of the show I think four leagues are underway out of the 13. So we're just kind of getting nicely, uh, nicely into it. There's quite a bit of exhibition and uh, cross league travel happening over the last couple of weeks. We're not going to get into any exhibition. We just don't have the uh, knowledge. We don't care. We don't care. So we're not going to talk exhibition, but uh, we're going to talk some senior hockey. Here we go. What do you got? I, I, have to, I have to give a senior hockey quick shout out. So remember we, I mentioned the Huendon Jets? From the yeah. Alberta League, yeah. did uh, they they sent us a DM and they're like, "Hey, random topic of discussion: Is it not common courtesy to supply an away team with a flat of beer, or is it just an Alberta thing?" I know a lot of teams do it. Like back when I played, I remember teams doing it. I think every very, team did it. Very disappointed to, to not get a cold beverage after our game in Carrobert. So come on, oh, Kate Town, smart Classic Man. Robert. Ugh. I always thought there was always the team manager would ever go over to the other team, take them a two, four and being a visiting team, you'd get that two, four. And it was always appreciated. I thought it was common practice. I know uh, 
who was Crake playing Salvi and they exchanged some, some beverages on the weekend, but uh, yeah, make sure you're, when you're supplying the other team, you supply them with original 16 or a different great Western bring product. Of course, team deal for senior hockey teams, get signed up, get the kickback. DM us, just DM us. If you're like, want to know what the deal is about. We had a couple teams. Rosetown DM us last week couple teams dm'd us and asked about the deal so get signed up get some kickback i don't know why you wouldn't you're going to be drinking anyway Guzzling. so yeah let's get into i guess what happened over the last uh well since our senior preview show some of the leagues have fired around the province i know friday night it got underway I'm just gonna scroll back here to my notes and see what all went down on the weekend uh the pesky hafford hawks were playing i saw yeah, bigger nationals. Barry's boys out in uh, Jubilee Center and bigger in the Sask West. They fired up. They won on Friday against Unity six to three. The Sask Elta, Wainwright, professional, professional organization. They streamed their whole game on YouTube, and it was like middle of the rink, pan with oh, wow. the play guy, play by play guy. It was uh, pretty nicely run. So kudos to Wainwright. I caught some of that game with a couple of whiskeys on Friday night on uh, Twitter or on Facebook. They had it going live. So that was Friday. I'll quickly run down Saturday. Uh, another game in the Sask Alta, Lash Vegas, one six three over Metal Lake. Big win for them. How about this? Carnduff in the big six beat the Bean Fate Coilers, Coilers, pardon me, 12-2. to two. So a big statement for uh, the Red Devils. We'll have to next week. We'll get into the senior player of the week because I'm sure somebody probably had like a six point night in that 12 2 win. Twin Rivers fired up. Rostern beat Hag 7 1. Waldheim beat Shelbrooke 7 5. Clavette. Clavette's got some fellas that listen. I said I'd give him a shout out. Couple law students up in Saskatoon commute out to Clavette. Got some friends up in law that go to school with them. And they said, Yeah, these guys are big fans of your show. And uh, yeah, I think one of them is former Regina Pat George King. Can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, shout out to Clavette. Couple more scores. Kindersley, uh, Kindersley. What are they called? Not the Red Lions anymore. The Senior Clippers. They beat Macklin, the defending champs, eight two in that season opener. Travis Child, I guess the new goalie for Kindersley, looked unreal in net. Hafford Hawks, Pesky beat Unity nine to two on Saturday as well. So some action. I know Sunday Macklin had their home opener and they. Uh, I'm not sure what happened there. They I got some good. I got some good inf- info from the uh, Northern Working Man's League up there in the Twin Rivers. And uh, remember, we talked about the Bruno T Birds being back. So I guess Bruno went to an XE uh, game. They lost four one. They showed up with four lines, all young, <laughs> full of piss and vinegar, twenty year olds. Eighty uh, percent of their players being pulled from Humboldt because it's not that far away from from old Bruno there, but. Uh, their head coach owns Bruno Concrete and has them new unis along with a nice bus, allegedly. Wow. The Bruno yeah. tea bags. I love <laughs> the cinder blocks. Can the we Bruno call them the cinder blocks? Can we call them the tea baggers? Tea baggers. Great. Good uh, on Bruno for being back in the league. A bunch of 20 year olds, four lines deep. I like everything <laughs> that they're doing there. Um, and then a couple other things about that league. You guys talked about Canistano being good. They will be, but uh, they had 14 elite players. They had to cut down to three plus one grandfathered. So they're going to see what kind of cuts they make there. I think some of their guys retired. Some of the 14 shut her down, but yeah, that's a lot of 10 guys to cut. Elite, I think, is junior B 
or higher junior a and yeah. we talked about that league and and because there's so many that's the biggest league in the province uh the divisions are created around the south sask river makes sense right six teams on the east side of the river six on the west and yeah so who DM that? The guy who made the divisions that we chirped last show. And Clavette had 40 <laughs> to 50 guys come out for their pre-skates. Tryouts. <laughs> Holy. And, and apparently two lawyers. The lawyers. Yeah, law students. we got to come up with a name around being a law student. The Clavette. Uh, T-Bakers. Anderson Sanderson and Schmidt. Whatever the <laughs> law firm is. The Clavette Barristers and Solicitors. Yes. <laughs> There we go. The solicitors, the barristers and solicitors. That's their new name. Going with it. Love it. Yeah. So that's, did you mention, sorry, I was kind of half paying attention there. Super league, long Lake league fires this weekend. I haven't mentioned anything firing. I just mentioned what, uh, what's already happened. So, yeah, I guess, I guess Mooseman, a guy, no, sorry. Whitewood Orioles. They got a bunch of the, uh, bunch of guys from Ochap and around there playing with them and they're, I want to go watch a game in that league. Hey, I like the the Orioles jerseys and everything they do there. And that league, um, people are they're expecting some big things out of some of those teams, sneaky, so to speak. But the Long Lake, yeah, I, I think that fires this weekend. They start giving her. Yeah, I think most most of the leagues as of this weekend will kind of get going. Other than Shane's Div three leagues, and I think the Super League doesn't fire for another until the weekend after, like more like the tenth or whatever, I believe. Okay. So. Like the and, Long Lake, and one thing, um, the Long, you, the sorry, Long Lake's the new Super League. Long, oh, sorry, I meant the Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League doesn't fire the Super League, aka Long Lake. Watchers and Davidson play Friday, and we've talked about this game a couple times. Wadena home to Leroy Friday night. Did you guys hear some of the rumblings about Leroy's? Uh, let's just Leroy. say, yeah, their card lock situation there. Um, apparently, yeah, it's. Some of the numbers I was seeing are cri- like higher than numbers I've ever seen. Saw. Yeah. Saw. Seen saw. Seen saw. Okay. And gas. We're, we're going to have people messaging us all year with correct info. I, I don't know. I, I'm just big. going off the DMs, what they're coming in, right? It is pretty crazy. Like yeah. three, three quarters of a thousand per guy. Yeah. That's what I had heard too. Per night. Big bucks. Per night. They, they're not paying that in Hodgeville Div 3 style. I'll tell you that right now. That is not happening. Speaking they of get div, a that's more than most team. teams would pay yeah. for one guy. The whole team. Yes. Speaking of Div 3, um, Craig hosted Saudi in a little pre-friendly. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And I guess Saudi went with a lot of the locals, and they're all banged up from the night before and skated. Uh, Saudi could be sneaky good out of the Coppell. The we didn't really talk about them much last in the senior hockey preview show, but I got some inside info that they're expecting some big things in the fish tank. They got to get a new name though. That Marlin uh, thing just doesn't make sense. I know the, uh, yeah, I haven't caught a Marlin on the, it's that lake that you go to there belts last, last mountain. mountain. I haven't caught a Mar- Marlin on last mountain in a while. Hey, the uh, Sask East fires up Saturday night. Really excited for that league. They've got those Manitoba clubs. Langenberg is uh, home to Swan Valley. The Axemen coming into town. Theodore hits the road to Grandview to take on the Comets. Heard they are taking a bus and they've got room for fans. So nothing like wow. a little, little early November fan trip up to Grandview, Manitoba on a Saturday Diver. night. Div 3 style too. 
uh, I had a couple messages from Hodgeville that saying that when Travis Kennedy was on with us, he was holding his cards close to his vest. Yes, and he said they they have signed a lot of wagons out of Swift Current. They're going to like be hot and heavy in Div 3 down in the Nauticue. They're all excited about it. So I'll have to keep an eye on them. Going at it with Team Moose Jaw. Team Moose Jaw. Like yeah, they say Team Moose Jaw. Team Moose Jaw is nothing. They got a big some big signings. Is what when they do they? They don't see. fire up for a couple weeks, right? No. Naturalized. Plumbers leagues. So a couple games I wanted to mention out of the Sask West, and I think it's fitting with our guest, Ryan Keller, this episode. Wilkie Outlaws hit the road for game one in Kindersley on Friday night to take on the senior Clippers season opener for Wilkie. Like I mentioned earlier, Kindersley won eight to two against the defending champion Macklin Mohawks. So I think those two teams are going to be right at the top of the league and what a great way to kick it off. This Friday, also Friday, Hafford travels to Bigger. Bigger's back home Saturday as well to Edam. They kick off their season. They'll be a good squad this year on Saturday. And then uh, the Carrobert, too cheap to buy a 2-4 Tigers, are going to hit the road to uh, Wilkie Saturday. So the Outlaws get a couple of uh, couple of games this weekend. Should be good. Senior hockey top 10 show, like we mentioned, coming up next week. We're going to kind of let things settle here for a week, then we'll bring it back in the senior hockey soiree for Great Western Brewing. As we mentioned, if you want in on the beer deal, kickbacks are always good or drinking beer anyway, whether it's your team, your rec team, your bar, your party, your wedding that's coming. DM us, and we will get you in touch with the correct people from Great Western. And we should mention, like I know people have asked me, in terms of our plan, we're going to have a weekly senior Top 10 for general well servicing. So every week at some point during the week, I'm guessing probably Thursday or Friday of every week, maybe Wednesday, depending on the week, we'll release our top 10. And then twice a month, the 15th and the 30th or 31st or the paydays, you'll get uh, regular full episodes with interviews. So that's kind of the plan going forward. So you will hear from us every week with the senior stuff for sure. And we are in discussions to be on 620 CKRM in the sports cage for a little senior weekly rundown with Michael Ball and Ballsy. So Ballsy's all over the senior hockey. That's a for sure. Is that a thing? I said we're in discussions. See what the agent says. See what our agent says. Oh, that's like the play on our part. Like we get it out there. So people start like tweeting them like so yeah. excited. It's a play. That's a classic veteran move. That's a, a veteran, veteran tactic. Yeah. It's one. like when Kells wanted to get bought out in Geneva. Yeah. We're also in uh discussions or, talks with Sportsnet about launching on uh, their platform. <laughs> they just don't know it yet. We've been talking about it. But... Uh, Breaking right. both ankles. That was, a lot, that was a lot of fun, like we mentioned. GB Construction. Watch that merch. We're going to have a lot of lanyards and uh, a lot of lanyards. Stuff to give out here. So always good times. Thanks to GB Construction and uh, get, buy your last mountain distillery. It is so good. time for the deep cut on the what way out. What do you got? Pl- Classic country, a legend in the 80s, gentlemen, and 70s. Oh, boy. You like Conway Twitty. I was just going to say Conway Twitty. Ronnie Ronnie Millsap. He has one of the most famous country songs of all time that we've all tapped our foot to. George Drank whiskey to. Our parents drank whiskey to it. George Jones? No. Radney Foster. He just passed away, I think, last year, maybe the year before. Joe Diffie? No, he was in the 90s, or he was in the 70s or 80s. 70s or 80s? Drana, blank. I am too. It's I'm not like to think, me. I'm trying to think if I can, what other hint the I The Conway Twitty one, I was, I was with you on that died. one. Jones? Uh, oh, Dan Seals? 
Giorgio. Put on your bopping shoes, baby. Keith did Whitley. Dan Seal, did Dan Seals pass away? Keith Whitley passed away a long time ago. Miami, Miami, such a good song. I don't think song. that uh, Just... Dan Seals has passed on, has he? I don't know. Anyway, Kenny Rogers, the Call gambler. gambler. But the song, the, when you really listen to the words in this song, you feel freaking sad for the guy. You're Coward really of the County. Sad. No, Ruby, don't take your love to town. Have a good week. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. Take your love to town It wasn't me that started that old crazy Asian war But I was proud to go and do my patriotic chore And yes, it's true that I'm not the man I used to be Some company.